Welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students, a multi-part podcast series that gives college students the knowledge and tools to handle their financial situation during and after college. Your host for this program is Professor Frank Longo of Centenary University. Please note that before making any financial decisions, please seek sound financial advice from a financial professional. And now, here is your host, Professor Frank Longo. Hello. And welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students. Thank you for joining us. We've recently discussed the international beer conglomerate, Anheuser-Busch InBev, and its widely known beer, Bud Light. We have an update, but first, a quick summary of the events. In early April, Anheuser-Busch included a transgender influencer as part of its social media advertising during the NCAA basketball tournament. This generated an intense backlash against Bud Light that included a boycott by some consumers. The impact was heightened since it included people on both sides. Obviously, those who felt offended by the ad led the boycott, but they were joined by people who supported the use of the ad but were offended by Anheuser's lack of a prompt response and suspension of the executives who initiated the ad. According to a Goldman Sachs report that cited Nielsen data, Bud Light sales for the week ended May 20th dropped more than 23% from a year earlier. The sales decline increased every week since the ad was used. Bud Light drinkers did not abstain, however, from drinking beer. They switched to Miller Lite and Coors, whose sales rose 19 and 23.3% respectively during the same period. As one would expect, the stock prices were also in. Anheuser-Busch InBev is down almost 19% since the start of the controversy. And Molson Coors, the owner of both Miller and Coors Brands is up about 23.5%. From an investing point of view, current Anheuser-Busch shareholders have suffered a significant loss of value. The stock price decline has been so severe that some analysts are now asking if now is a good time to buy the stock. There are some factors that make this a reasonable question. In the past, controversies such as these have faded and disappeared over time. Going back a few years, Coors products were subject to calls for a boycott by left-leaning consumers due to the political positions of some Coors family members. Current Coors customers likely don't even remember that controversy. Another point, InBev is a very large global company. One of every four beers sold worldwide is one of its products. Last year, 71% of its revenue came from outside of North America. While North America beer sales have been, its sales in other regions are growing. Within the United States, Bud Light sales were under pressure before the ad campaign. But other InBev brands, including Michelob, are growing. InBev points out that the decline in Bud Light sales 
represents roughly 1% of the company's overall sales, while the stock price decline is almost 19%. The stock price decline is not proportionate with the sales loss, and this could indicate an overreaction that will change over time. InBev shares now sell for 15.9 times forward earnings, and that is significantly lower than its average price earnings ratio of 20 over the past 10 years. Some analysts feel this indicates future potential uh, stock price appreciation. In my view, this situation in a way demonstrates one of the advantages of long-term investing. Current InBev owners who have the ability to hold the stock for some time will likely see their investment recover its losses. But I would expect the recovery to take some time. Before speaking about InBev as a new investment, let's recognize that companies throughout the United States are dealing with issues stemming from what is called the culture wars. These so-called wars are related to ESG, or environmental, social, and government's, government's issues. It is important to investing since ESG refers to standards by which some investors evaluate and screen potential investments. Based on their findings, some progressive investors do not buy stock in non-compliant companies, and they effectively boycott what they see as deficient companies by not buying the stock. On the other side, some conservative investors are boycotting, boycotting the stock of those embracing ESG principles or some ESG principles. If boycotts grow in number and effectiveness, they could impact stock prices. So they matter through that potential fact. Companies such as Nike, Coca-Cola, Disney, and BlackRock have faced varying types of pushback on their ESG positions. Recognizing this, some companies, while not giving up their pursuit of ESG initiatives, are not publicizing their positions. A study performed by South Pole, a climate consulting firm, revealed that 72% of 1,200 companies surveyed set emissions targets as part of their operations. But 25% of those companies plan to publicize only the bare minimum information about their efforts. This makes our ability to examine the impact of their efforts much more difficult. Barron's Magazine, the highly regarded investment publication, contacted each of the CEOs of the 30 Dow Jones Industrial Average Companies, and not one, none, would speak about their company's ESG efforts and what is called woke capitalism. Even Larry Fink, the BlackRock CEO, an early outspoken proponent of ESG, has somewhat muted his discussion of the issue. Mr. Fink declined to be interviewed by Barron's on this subject. Now for some personal thoughts. ESG issues are important to investors. They are important to others as well. But our topic is financial. It is not healthy for the investment community to be provided with minimal information on companies' ESG activities. Investors have a right to know how their companies are operating their businesses and the costs associated with it. And these investors that I speak about, they are, are on both sides of the issues. 
They all have these rights. This doesn't mean that companies should not pursue, in my opinion, ESG principles. But investors have the right of full disclosure. Securities laws are based on full disclosure. Another point, unless a company identifies itself as a benefit corporation, it has a legal obligation to make profits. This judges a company's results based on financial performance measures. A benefit corporation allows businesses to establish other non-financial goals as part of their corporate purpose. 33 states have enacted benefit corporation laws, which allows companies flexibility in setting their goals. My view is that some ESG actions can achieve both financial and non-financial goals. Others may not. The InBev actions clearly have not to date achieved both goals. My view is that companies have the right to be benefit corporations or not. They should decide. But I feel the decision should be one decided by the company's shareholders. And the cost associated with ESG, if material, should be disclosed as any other material expenses are. Corporate silence on this is just not acceptable, in my view. Full disclosure is central to investing. And it should remain that. ESG is an evolving issue, and we will study developments and discuss them as they unfold. Back to InBev and Heiser Bush, as, an, as we previously indicated, some investment advisors are recommending it as a new investment. InBev is a well established, large, and dominant beer manufacturer and distributor. This is a positive factor in investing. Its forward price earnings ratio is lower than its trailing ratio. This means it projects lower future earnings and is negative. Its current beta or measure of market risk will change due to its recent price drop. If consumers who switch to Miller Lite and Coors do not return, and if the boycott spreads to other InBev brands, that too would be a negative factor. Making an investment in InBev at this time, involves a contrarian approach. By the way, the contrarian or opposite approach has worked for many investors. It is based in large part on price declines. And InBev clearly has one, and it's substantial. For the small, cautious investor, this may not be a sufficient reason to buy InBev now. There are too many questions to be answered. My investment approach remains the same. Seek innovative companies that fill substantial needs. While many consumers drink beer, InBev has not shown innovations that will promote growth in its stock price and dividends. InBev's dividend record is mixed as it has in recent years lowered its dividend. We look for innovators who consistently raise their dividends. That is a sign of success. I see this stock as too risky for the cautious investor and would look elsewhere for new investments. The more aggressive and experienced investor who has greater wealth may decide that the contrarian approach works and given enough time, it may work in this situation. So this investment should be should consider your own investment goals, your own financial needs. We will continue to follow this company and the ESG issues as they are important. Until the next time.
Stay calm, cautious, and purposeful. You have been listening to Dollars and Cents for College Students with host Frank Longo. The opinions on this series are those of the host. Before making any financial decisions, be sure to consult with a financial professional such as a certified financial planner. For more information, visit cfp.net.